It's the Justin Kinner Show, live here on ESPN Dayton. Welcome in. It's the Justin Kinner Show live here on Dayton's ESPN radio station, 1410 Wing AM. It's Thursday, right? I think so. I don't know. All these days kind of like blend together. No kidding. Welcome in. It's the Justin Kinner Show with Kevin Nash live here on Dayton's ESPN radio station, 1410 Wing AM. We got a packed house, of course, social distance packed house, of course, mm-hmm. here today. Justin Kenner, Kev Nash with you here, and former Buckeye College Football Hall of Famer Keith Byers uh, decided to come in and hang out with us a little bit. I'm today. in the house. So, so we appreciate you taking time, but uh, we're going to get into the NFL discussion with Drew Brees and everything here in just a minute, but first, I guess I could, we have that queued up, right? Yes, like, sir. okay, see, I should have just trusted the process, but first, the NBA is back, Keith. They're back. It's officially back. 22 teams? Some, it's, it's the year 2022. It's still like a long time away. It's still two months away. 22 teams. <laughs> we know the lottery teams. We know that uh, I think like what August is the NBA draft. So we know Obi Toppin is going to be drafted in August. So there you go. But it's nice to what hear What a way for Vince Carter's career to end. That's unfortunate. I hope <laughs> Administratively. You know what's funny? Two years ago, he... Uh, he one of the teams he had narrowed it down to. He ended up going to the Hawks. He almost went to the Raptors. Really? Can you imagine that storyline? If he would have gone back the year that Kawhi and the Raptors won, he, got him a chip. He could have been. That would have been the way to call it a career. How about that? As far as that concerned, but oh, still a tremendous career. No, absolutely. I almost wonder if he comes back. You don't want to go out like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's going back, man. I think he chalked it. I think he said, "You know what? That'll do it. I'm cool." All right, so again, the NBA returning. We'll get into more of that coming up. But again, they uh, plan a, on a 29-to-1 vote. I'm trying to figure out who that one person is that didn't want uh, the NBA to come back. But nonetheless, 29-to-1 is the vote. All in Orlando, Disney World. It's going to be interesting. Major League Baseball announced that if they do have baseball this year, all broadcasters will be broadcasting games from a remote location. They will not be calling games on on site. I figured that was going to be the case. I mean, Keith, bowl games. I mean, a lot of the not the non you know, well, how are you going to call a game not on site? The ball's hit the left field. It's back, back, back. Uh, what did, y'all, did he catch it? Or the home run? What? Why, why, why not there? I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I mean, we should watch the game with us tonight. Let <laughs> them go. Or they haven't. It hasn't been made official. But uh, that's where we're at with that. Drew Brees uh, states in that interview yesterday: "I will never agree with anyone who disrespects the flag." In response to a question about whether or not uh, you know he would be in support of if the league, if you know, you started seeing players kneel during the national anthem again, uh, it's, you know, we've seen that sprinkled in over the last couple of years. But obviously, it was you know Colin Kaepernick who brought that to the forefront back in 2016, and then Vic Fangio coming out a few days ago and basically saying. There's no racism in the NFL. That he 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 loves that he wishes the whole world was like the NFL because there's no racism in the NFL. It's I mean there's no race for a head football job, you know because you know if you're white and look a certain way, you're at the front of the line automatically. You know I had a coach tell me uh, this is after my playing days. You know he said the, the hierarchy in the NFL to get a head football job job is is being blonde, being white, blonde, and blue eyed. And then he said, then it's the dark hair, <laughs> you know, white guy second. And then everybody else fights after that. Wait, we have tears? He was telling me, he was talking about, you know, if you're Italian, you got darker hair, <laughs> you're not necessarily blonde. I'm like, really? 
you know, so he was enlightening me. We was having this discussion about. So am I race. a tier two white guy or what am I? I I don't know what tier I. Yeah, you're not. What color your eyes again? <laughs> but I was like that. Just kind of blew me away when we was having the discussion about race, and you know, we were talking about head football coaches. So Vic Fangio, I think he's in tier level two. He, he, you know, he's he's not he does not blonde hair. <laughs> he's you know, blue eyed, but nevertheless, how could you make that comment, Coach? You know, how, how can you make a comment such as that? that? That was crazy. You know, Drew Brees. You know, he is just a hundred percent wrong on so many fronts. Um, I, I think I don't know how much clearer Colin Kaepernick could have been when he took a knee. Was that three years ago now? Going forward, sixteen. Yes, two thousand sixteen. Yeah. So yeah and um, he was crystal clear on his message. He said nothing but this is against police brutality, nothing against the flag, nothing against the military. You know, the narrative got hijacked and turned. Differently, and even here, and then since Colin Kaepernick has already settled with the NFL against the collusion of keeping him out, and here it is, 2020, June of 2020, and all this whole Drew Brees was in the NFL the whole time when this went on. So he wasn't like in college coming in the pro. He was already a well-established professional. For him to come out and make that comment yesterday about. You know, comparing it to, you know, taking a knee, you know, disrespecting the flag. We're not even, you want a totally different conversation. You know, Drew, you are so wrong on, I don't know how many levels. Comes back, you know, issues apology today. But, you know, I read his apology, but I still even have a problem with that. You know, you can look it up on Twitter or whatever your social media. You know, I'll just read this part when, you know, toward the end of his apology. You know, he said, I acknowledge that we as Americans, including myself, have not done enough to fight for the equality or truly understand the struggles and plight of the black community. I recognize that I am part of the solution and can be a leader for the black community in this movement. Stop it right there. When he said, I can be a leader in the black community, you're not even handling your own community first, Drew. Now you're talking about coming over into the black community and be a leader. How about joining? You just, you just admitted I'm a part of the, you know, the problem. You know, I want to be a part of the solution. You know, how do you stop white supremacists? Wait, you, you, you go tell the white supremacists to stop it. You go put it out. You know, that's a problem that you can go handle. How do you think you're going to come over to the black community and say, I'm going to be one of your leaders? You don't hear black folks going in the white community and say, I'm going to be your leader. You don't hear that, that going the other way. So, Drew, you still don't get it. Just be quiet and learn. You know, somebody's, you don't walk into a classroom and say, I'm going to start teaching. No, I'm coming here to start learning. I'm here, I want the teacher to teach me. I'm here to be taught. Drew, you still don't quite understand it. Those, the, what I'm reading is just words. You know, your actions will, <laughs> will always, you know, speak louder than you. And I'm not calling him no racist or anything like that. Because that's what's gonna. Yeah. I'm, I'm not. No, I'm not saying that. Okay. But you can be. You can go talk to the white community and the white supremacists and, and things of that nature. It'll be a lot easier coming from you to go talk to them to tell them to cut it out and you know and 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 to do something about that. <laughs> you know, and, and us in the black community. We have just we have just the same amount of problems that you have in the white community. It's not like we have more. <laughs> They're just different. Ours just stand out more, and 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 trust we we're doing that. But in the meantime, you want to come help the black community? Absolutely, you know, come help. 
you can be a help in, in, in a whole lot of ways and not just financially. You can be a help. You can make a difference. You know, but don't try to just say, I'm going to come be your leaders. You know, leaders just rise to the top anyway. So you're going to get in doing the work, then your leadership will just come up anyway. You know, don't just come over here, so I'm just going to be a leader. And you're not even leading properly your New Orleans Saints locker room. That's not how a leader acts. And you have the answers in your hand. You got a phone. You got all the answers in your hand. We have way more information than we've ever had. You know, this is not the 60s, the 70s, the 80s. You know, you have information. So if you don't, don't educate yourself on history, you know, I'm talking on history, and specifically black history, because black history is history also. Mm -hmm. Go study some specific black history. How much do you know about black history? You know, so if you, if you, talked, about his, you talked about his grandfather coming back from World War II. A whole lot of black grandfathers served in World War II. And they came back to a different America than the regular GI soldiers came back after World War II. Even during World War II, a lot of German soldiers got treated better than the black soldiers. <laughs> you know, what was done about that? So from World War I, World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and all the wars before that, a lot of the black soldiers came back to a different America. <laughs> and, and even now, the Iraq war and all this stuff going, we got soldiers coming back to a different America. We live in a different America. How long? I've had to answer that question. My my parents answered it. I had to answer that question. My grandparents, et cetera, et cetera. How, when is it going to end? Other than right now. What is, I talked about that on my show on Monday. It starts today. starts with each one of us. Not by... With Jake, uh, Jake Fromm said, Drew Brees, Vic Fangio, who's, somebody's going to come out later on today and do something stupid. <laughs> it seems like every day and say something to it. Let your actions speak for you. Get out there and get involved, you know, peacefully and legally. Get involved that way. One thing I want to do today, too, is, is you know, everyone talks about having, that, having a conversation. We're going to have a con we're gonna have conversations today, and I want it to be a conversation. I don't want calls to be... You know, combative, um, because I think where there's some confusion is, for instance, you want to have the conversation, but when a Drew Brees speaks his mind, it turns into everyone just, I mean, he's racist right off the bat. You didn't say that, I know. Right. But on Twitter, you know how social media is right away. I don't think it's fair to use that. I think that word is being used a little bit too much in regards to if, like Fangio, I don't think what he said was racist. I thought it was moronic uh drew Brees out of line uh, and people are going to turn it into oh well how can you sit there and say that someone who is standing up for the flag in america how is that out of line it's not you're paying too cl too close attention to what he's talking about and not close enough attention to what he's not talking about like he should be more than aware of what why that question was being asked of him to begin with it wasn't because we wanted to test to see how patriotic you are we were curious your thoughts on you know, you're probably going to see a lot more kneeling during the national anthem this coming up season. And there might be less pushback or there might be more. Who knows? That's what the question was about. And I think when you talk about white athletes being the ones to step up and voice their opinions on these things, it's unfortunate because there's not a lot of big, prominent white athletes that would carry a punch like he does. And I think that's why it was so devastating to hear him utter those words. You saw an emotional Michael Jenkins come out to Michael Thomas and, and those guys. I mean, those were emotional reactions that he brought out of those guys. I mean, look, Jake Fromm, Fangio, 
they're not drawing that same type of reaction out of people. People are pointing at him and talking about him, but I think Drew Brees caught they haven't been in the, They haven't been in the, in the same, in the woods with these guys. They haven't been into the thick in the battles, you know, with those guys, you know, the way Michael Jenkins and Michael Thomas has mm-hmm. with Drew Brees. They, you know, so they, they, they got a different, you know, connection. I mean, I've yeah. played with a variety. They won a Super Bowl together. Exactly. Well, except for, yeah, Jenkins did. Yeah, not Michael. Uh, but uh, I played with a variety of different people <laughs> in the course of my career. But when we came in the locker room, we came in the locker room on one accord. You know, I mean, and that was the beauty thing. When, you know, you hear about players retiring, what do you miss the most about the game? The number one thing is the locker room, the camaraderie with your teammates. Of course you missed the game. Of course you missed the money. But those days in the locker room, it cannot be duplicated anywhere else in life. So because those are like the really intimate moments with each other. When you sit down, you drop your guards, and you really get to know a person you think. You know, one thing that Earl Bruce did when I was at Ohio State, when it was time to eat our training table meal, our dinners, he used to periodically, hey, switch because you automatically get to be a click you you sit with the same buddy all the time and let's go eat and, you, and then but earl bruce is periodic all right turn your plate over you go sit with him you go sit with him just because get to know more about your teammates there's nothing to do with football you know talk about your hometowns where you come from your family your backgrounds and i still like when he used to do that because you kind of fall into a rut you know like i said you get to be territorial and we Get over here at the same time every day. You're going to sit with the same group of guys. We tell us, you know, we sit around, laugh, and joke about current events, and you eat. But now, do you really get to know this other guy? And and that was the beauty of uh, what Earl Bruce, one of the things he did. He learned a lot of that from Woody, and he said out a lot of the Ohio State guys. I carried that same philosophy once I got to the NFL. You know, people, uh, when I played at the Eagles, uh, some of my friends and guys from other teams, I mean, you guys really like each other. And it wasn't just as the reason why I guess we're Philadelphia is called the city of brotherly love. We get along very, very well. And I got along, we, that we was really close. We spent almost as much time off the field <laughs> than we did on the field together. Hey, y'all, let's meet over here on Monday night and watch Monday night football at this bowling alley and eat some chicken wings and laugh and joke and have fun. Yeah, we'll, you know, let's have stag night. Leave all the wives and girlfriends at home. We're going to so-and-so's house. We're going to have our own little cookout. Everybody bring a food, bring a beverage, and we just hit so and have time. And we would do that. And, it, it, you know, I went to other teams. It, it would I would try to do that, and it did it in a different degree. But you got to know your teammates. And so when I hear with Drew Brees and Michael Thomas, and and my and, uh, and Jenkins Malcolm Jenkins are talking. I'm sure they've had moments like that. Hey, let's go to dinner. Let's bring one. And and so when you hear somebody come out and make a comment, with Drew Brees said, "Oh, that would that that that, that cuts you deep." I, I, I mean, like, wow, that's how you really feel about me. And I mean, and and I'm not trying to paint a picture of Shangri La in every locker room because some guys you just may not get along. Yeah, we're gonna go out here and play the game together, but you know. You go that way, I go this way. But once we're in this locker room, guys, we got to be on one accord. But you don't bring outside things into the locker room. I mean, we used to tease one of the guys when I was in Philadelphia. We used to call him a racist, but it was a joke. <laughs> it was a joke, and he's like, "But why?" <laughs> but you know, he's like, "But I thought I have my doubts about you." But <laughs> you know, but it's such so much of a joke. It, it, you, everybody knew he wasn't, <laughs> you know. But it was it was good, good humor. You know, just hazing in the locker room. 
Now, on the flip side to this, is it possible? Like, I just, I've never met Drew Brees, so I can't sit here and talk like, oh, the Drew Brees I know. Is it possible he could still have that feeling of, I don't, I, I can't stomach disrespecting the flag. He can't get past that, the flag, what that mean, the flag, what that means to him. Is it possible he could still have those emotions and not look at it as I'm picking the flag over standing up uh, for police police brutality uh, and, and you know for black people? So I, I guess I think that's where because when people will call in, they're going to be angry and say, "You guys are actually mad at him for being patriotic," because that's how it's spun. But at the same time. I believe that Drew Brees truly feels that way about the flag, and, and as far as patriotism is concerned, are you know are we making too much of? Oh, you feel that way, so there's no way in hell that you care about no, no, your no, black I, teammates. No, I think you he see what I mean. Oh, absolutely, but explain yourself. I mean, why now? You know, out loud. I don't know what you said in the locker room to your teammates or your mm-hmm. face. I don't think you said any of this. The reason why I feel about the flag. That's a different conversation. And we should be able to have all these conversations. So let's talk about the flag then, Drew. You know, taking a knee has nothing to do with the flag. That should have been squelched three or four years ago. But I understand, you know, his his feelings on the flag. I, yeah, I, 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 I'm with him. I, I don't like this. I don't like people to disrespect the flag. So on the flip side, it's not like black people hate the flag, and black we people can't hate like the flag. That they hate America. We like, built this land. So you know what I mean? Like <laughs> so, we got, we got to be. There's no We got to meet in the middle. Is what I guess I'm trying to say as far as that mindset's concerned. Because we've made this no, two. We can walk and chew bubblegum at the same time. Okay. So we yeah. can focus on two things at once. You know. That's not taking away any, any any lack of focus away from the flag or even from the military because we're protesting. Mm-hmm. You know, the America was built on protest. The history books taught me. <laughs> you know, so it's not that we are. You know, uh, so that's what I don't understand. What what Drew is under, we're talking about as far as protesting flag. We protested a flag before. Was it was the British flag. Did we not protest that flag? Did we not uh, loot? You think they threw all the tea in the water? You don't think they kept a little back tea for themselves when they looted something? Come on. America was built on protest. But, you know, going back to the flag thing, they were talking about, well, you, there's, a, there's a time and a place to protest. How about protesting at home? Are you kidding me? We wouldn't be in the United States of America if everybody stayed at home and protested. You know, you got to go out on the front lines and protest. You know, there's, right, there's a difference between a moment and a movement. And what is the difference? Sacrifice. Sacrifice is the difference. You know, Drew can have a, a bad moment, a bad, a bad, you know, a, a make a bad statement. But that is the that is the difference. This is a movement we got going on, and it's a sacrifice. People are putting their lives on the line every day in all these cities across America. We mean they put a lot. They're not even social distance. We're still in the middle of a pandemic. But they said that my life is, you know, I, I'm willing to sacrifice my life. You know, to make a difference in this racism, you know, for this moment, I mean, for, for this movement, it's it's worth it coming together in mass quantities of uh, thousands of people to make a difference. They're making a difference. You know, we get on the young people all the time, you know, in society, but the young people are out there protesting in cities all across, including Dayton. I'm riding over here today. I saw somebody here in Kettering. It, it was three white people, three little white girls, and they have fine signs, you know, justice, no peace. That's a, that's a, you know that's it's impactful. So we're we're finally on the right right path of making a difference. Who would have thought you saw that in Kettering in 2020? 
20 years ago, 30 years, 50 years ago. So we are shaking, they are shaking up. America. So we have got to squash this racism. And, and you know, only way you can squash racism is by meeting it, calling it out, and doing something about it. That's how change always happens. You, know, you just can't just go home and wish it away. It's never been wished away. And until we do that, that's what we're going to be faced at. And now, I said, I said earlier, we've been asking this question for generations and generations and generations. When is enough enough? Is finally 2020 enough? All right, former Buckeye Keith Byers with us here in studio. Justin Kinner, Kevin Nash, Keith Byers with you here on 1410 ESPN Radio. We're going to step away for a few moments. 457-9464. Phone lines are open. Uh, willing to have a discussion, not a debate, not a, uh, you, you know, it doesn't, not everything, like the problem with these types of conversations is they always turn into, you've got to pick, it almost turns into, sounds like you're picking a side. And I think we just need to learn how to have these conversations. You know, Kevin and I all the time, like, we'll discuss, like, kind of different sides to things, maybe just different views and perceptions, just to kind of try to understand. Rather than just jump and attack the person right away for their comment, by the way, only elite white people should own guns. That's not one. <laughs> oh, yeah, we, that, yeah, we haven't finished yeah, chopping that up. That, that, oh. that, that's not one that I'm willing to have a conversation about to try to see, well, hold on, let's, maybe he didn't mean it as What's aggressive What's the definition of elite? I don't even know, forgot what definition of elite. I, I, what, what level do you reach elite? Mm-hmm. You, went from, you go from bad to good to pretty good and great, and then you're elite? I don't know what level. How do you get there? That's, a, that's those tiers we talked about. The tiers. <laughs> those tiers. Uh, but no, we're going to get into that. The 457-9464. More. Oh. Phone lines are acting crazy again. Really? Yes. Oh, goody. <laughs> well, you know, we'll have the conversation for you. We'll be back in a moment. Twitter at fourteen ten Kenner at one K, uh, at one Kev Nash and at KAB forty one. Uh, multiple ways to be able to interact with the show. Phones again. Yeah, that's annoying. Interaction on Twitter. Wasn't me. Wasn't me. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back in a moment, folks. Don't go anywhere. E- Thunderstorms likely this afternoon with a high of 88 degrees. Tonight, chance of thunderstorms down to a low of 67. And tomorrow, chance of thunderstorms with a high of 87. I'm Leanna Ray for 1410 ESPN Radio. Weather is brought to you by Cullet Propane. 98% of their customers. Ben Kenner Show, right here on ESPN Date, 1410 Wing AM. Welcome back, Justin Kenner, Keith Byers, Kevin Nash with you here on Dayton's ESPN radio station, 1410 Wing AM. Um, so here's the deal. The calls are coming in. You can hear us when we answer. We can't hear you. We had this issue yesterday, thought yeah. we had it resolved. It's hopefully going to be resolved today. Be patient, but also use social media. Yes. You know, in the friendly way. I know that people think that the only way to use social media is just to be, you know, mean and, and 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 all that. It doesn't always have to be like that. Like, I getting on Twitter makes my stomach hurt now, Keith. It, it, like you guys, you can't get on Twitter, and like, and you know what I do? I'll start to type a tweet. I'm like, if I do that though, it's going to be perceived as this. So I just stop. You know how many times a day I'll type out a tweet? I'm like, you know what? Never mind, because I know what I'm trying to accomplish with this tweet, but I know it's going to be spun or maybe taken out of context or. You know, whatever. But um, it it just it is what it is. <laughs> Understandable. It is what it is at this point. Uh, we were talking during the break, Keith, and uh, look, you played every, you dominated at every level. You've been in a ton of locker rooms at every level. I, actually, I am curious. Did you ever experience any kind of racial divide, tension, 
in the NFL within a locker room? Was there ever something that you can think of that you can maybe compare to what the Saints are going to have to do to get through this divide? Because this isn't some scrub player. This not that it matters, but you see my point. This is like this is the leader of the team. This is the quarterback. The I mean, a Hall of Fame legendary quarterback, Drew Brees, saying these things that has split a roster down the middle now that has star players going after. This isn't just a little, you know, fight off to the side, not a player sleeping with the other player's wife. I mean, this is a, this is major. And this is one of those where a coach has to be careful. You know, you're, you're, you're Sean Payton. It's easy to say, Sean Payton, you need to go in there and tell Drew Brees how wrong he is. He also has to know, like, you'd have to manage these. How, how does this locker room get through this? If you're playing in the NFL today, what do you think is going to happen next for the Saints as far as this is concerned? Can they get over it, through it? Yes, yes, they can get through it. Uh, I mean, um, especially it happens, just so happened the first week of June when the NFL quote-unquote opened back up. They have these organized team activities that call them OTAs. So a lot of them are back. But I, I wouldn't have one meeting, one anything. If I was a part of New Orleans Saints, I'd be there bright and early. <laughs> I would have been there bright and early this morning. I'd have been on the phone last night with some of my teammates we're gonna we're gonna we don't even want to talk about this over the phone. We're gonna come at Drew face to face, first thing in the morning, and they, whether I probably head coach probably would have called a team meeting to straighten it out. But if he didn't, we would have. I'm sure you always have a uh, a core group of leaders on every team. Those guys would hopefully they came together and got in Drew's face. And let's talk about this. Not to try to rough him. I'm not talking about intimidation or anything like that. I need to know where you really come from. I mean, you've shown some colors to us. So, you know, why do you say this and why? You know, where do you stand? Why? Let's talk about it. We got it before we can go one step farther. We need to figure out where we are right now, and 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 let's squash this. And if it can't be squashed, then things got to. You know, if, if things don't pick up, then I got to pick up things. I got to go. <laughs> you know, something's got. It's got to be a change well before we get to the regular season. Because you've heard me say on time and time and time, again, if you want to have a good regular season, you have to have a good off season. It just you don't have a lot of distractions and terminus things going during our off season, and then it's going to care. You're going to have a successful regular season. This doesn't to have a successful regular season. You have had to have going into some a lot of stabilization during off season. Doesn't mean you can't make the playoffs, but it's hard to win it all. You know, you can look at it. I mean, look at the Patriots. You know, in some of the years they didn't go to the Super Bowl, where uh, uh, Tom Brady was suspended. It was Spygate. It didn't usually end in the Super Bowl championship after that. <laughs> you know, all the, but the teams that do win it, a lot of good things that went wrong. I mean, went correct during off season. And so you, you know, that's just step one. Right now, the Saints they're not set up for success right now. And who cares? If they win the Super Bowl, we got bigger things, you know, to worry about with not who wins the Super Bowl when we're dealing with this race thing. And and racism is just like politics. They're local. <laughs> you know, they start locally. So that's how things get done. You take care of it. The local, you know, problem with your race, whatever community you live in, whatever city, whatever area, whatever state. And it just grows. It's not talked. <laughs> it's something that is a learned behavior. And so if you've been learning this behavior, then let's unlearn this behavior. Let me teach you a better way. 
You know, and again, I mean, I said it earlier once. I'm gonna say it again. I do not think Drew Brees is a racist. I don't think that about him. I know he's he's made a misstep, and it has to be corrected. It's just like if I make his misstep and I step and fall in the hole, hey, somebody help get me out of this hole. I fell down. Correct me. Get me on the right way. You know, because I can't. Remember, where's Drew Brees originally from? He's from California. From Austin, Texas. Texas. He's from Texas. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can remember. <laughs> <laughs> I know he was at Purdue, and he spent I, some time I'm in from Indiana. Texas, Keith. Be careful. <laughs> same, same high school is Who? Baker Mayfield. Oh my, okay. So I don't, but hey, Drew, you got some. You know, like if this is the Lucy show, you got some explaining to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he got some. And today was the first step. He made an apology. You know, right now, those are just words. I told you one of the problems I already had with the apology. He wants to come into the black community be a leader. Why don't you lead your house? Lead your locker room. <laughs> you know, lead the people you come in touch with first before you start talking about leading, you know, races or, you know, uh, people of race. You know, you, you got to, you, your, your plate is plenty full. You know, because New Orleans and now Louisiana, that's a lot of work to do right there where you live at right now. Make a difference there. And then you, that's what I said, start locally, and it'll get a rise national. It'll go national. But start with you. Start with yourself, the person in your mirror. Start in your household. You got young kids. Teach them the right way. <laughs> you know, you, you know, they look up to you. I mean, what I see from the outside, he seems to be a tremendous father, tremendous husband. Start there. And then go into the locker room where you work at. Start with the New Orleans Saints. Being a difference maker there. And then the people you come in contact with in and around New Orleans community. Start there, you know, and then it'll grow. But you first have to be open to be taught and learn. You know, read a history book. Watch a YouTube video. It's all the history you want. Where if you would have been any kind of learned individual, I think it's a bright guy, you would have never made that statement knowingly. You know, I think, you know, Martin just just racially ignorant. The, you know, he even admit I'm, I'm a part of the problem of what's been going on in the, you know, the lack thereof going on in the black community. Why? Why? Why, Drew? <laughs> you know, there's no excuse for anybody to have be that ignorant of race. Oh, I lied. They're rival schools. They're rival schools. Uh, Drew went to Westlake High School. Baker went to, where did Baker go? He went to Travis. (laughs) Travis High School. Westlake, notable alums. uh, Let's see, Sam Ellinger for Texas quarterback. Nick Foles. Who else went there? Um, Justin Tucker of the Buffalo, not Buffalo, Baltimore Ravens. So, yeah, that's where he went to high school. Still Austin, Texas, though. The, good football. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Drew Brees' apology. We're going to get to Drake, Jake Fromm's apology here in a moment. By the way, Jake Fromm says that only elite white people should own guns. Um, my favorite thing is when people say something stupid, I always am entertained, and I'm not trying to make light of something, but I'm always entertained by how they try to like dig their way out of something. This one's pretty, I hate to use the word funny because it's not funny, but it, it's just interesting how they think they're going to dig their way out of this one. Question, last thing before we go to this break, because we're going to talk about Jake Fromm on the other side, Keith. I, I asked it earlier, We we just to come back to it, was there ever a time in any locker room you've been in where there was a, a racial divide as far as something that happened that your locker room had to overcome it that you can relate to this situation here? Um, 
No, not racial per se. It was more of an offense-defense problem, and it just happened to be <laughs> the guys had a problem where <laughs> were black guys against the offensive guy, which was offensive guys where we were more white guys. I'm talking about when I was in Philadelphia, there was the, the white offensive linemen thought the black defensive guys, all the linebackers, D-line, didn't like them. <laughs> I was like, you know, and it, and it wasn't, you know, um, it wasn't necessarily about race. It was about their lack of ability that they didn't like. And I was the one, since I was an offensive guy, you know, I got along with everyone. So I was kind of like the, you know, the bridge between the two. And I'm like, no, it, you know, because one of Seth Joyner and Jerome Brown, man, Seth and Jerome, they don't like me. They don't, they don't, they don't even really know you that way. They, just, they don't like you. They don't like how you play. <laughs> they don't, it's not personal. I mean, there's some nice guys. Get to know them. And, uh, they did get to know them, and their play improved. Uh, but we got along good. We got along. I mean, and uh, I, quick story. <laughs> Teammate of mine, Ron Heller, Penn State guy. He's from New York, originally white guy, and uh, he's played tackle. Jerome Brown, black guy from Brooksville, Florida, University of Miami, and they got into a fight at uh, in training camp. And before they got into a fight. Ron had said something to me about he don't think a lot of those guys like him personally. And I'm like, no, dude. You know, he was one of the ones we used to tease, you know, closet racist and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> they get in a fight in training camp. And, you know, it got to be restrained. I mean, they were going at it. Ah. So now practice is over with. And it just so happened, uh, uh, what is it? Jerome, no, uh, yeah, Ron Heller is, he's one of the last ones to get to the shower. So he's on his way into the shower. He's got his a towel in his hand wrapped around his waist. And Jerome Brown, who was just fighting with, you know, <laughs> minutes ago, was coming out of the shower. And there was nobody there except them two. And he said, I'm coming out, and Jerome's coming in. They said it was like the Wild Wild West. Like, oh, my God, nobody's here to break us up. <laughs> you know, I'm sitting here with a towel around my waist. Jerome's got, we're freaking naked. And <laughs> <laughs> Like that is our he said, oh, my right God, we're going to fight again? And he said, Jerome Brown just, like, hugged me. You know, he said, he got to tell him, oh, man, you know, that's that. Man. Give, give me a hug, man. You know, we cool. Ain't nothing. He's like, oh, my God. He said, after he said that moment, he said, I looked at Jerome totally different. He never been so happy to have a He's like, yeah, yeah, we just got a towel in between us. And the guy's hugging me. Like, man, you know, man, that's some real, real crap. That was, man, that's something. Man, you my man. You all right. You okay. <laughs> He's like, and he said, ever since that moment, that day, he said his relationship with Jerome Brown just improved immensely because he stood up for himself. And really, Jerome was mad at the offense line. He didn't think they were tough enough. So it wasn't a race thing. It was a you it think a, it was a Scott Burrell thing? Yeah, I don't think you're that good. Right? <laughs> he was like, "Man, I thought I was gonna, I'm gonna fight. We're gonna be rolling around." Here. <laughs> and so I asked Jerome about it. Time he's Jerome laughing. You know, oh man, we used, we said, you know, I miss miss both those guys. Really miss Jerome because <laughs> he's no longer here. But you handle it face to face, man to man. So that's why I was talking about. If I was a New Orleans Saint, Drew Brees got some, and she got some spraying to do to me right now. He's got to talk. I mean, and then after he finishes talking, his actions will speak even more louder going this day, going forward. Because, I'm, you know, everybody deserves a second chance. I'm going to see what you're going to do now. You know, how are you going to make a difference? And not by being, you know, you could be a leader by following. Hey, get in line and learn. Pick up a book, watch a, watch a documentary, and learn. It's never too late to learn. I love learning. 
All right, Justin Kenner, Keith Byers, Kev Nash with you here on 1410 ESPN Radio. Uh, so we talked about the Drew Brees apology. How about the Jake Fromm apology? You're probably saying, well, apology for what? What do he say? Well, here's one line in the text messages back and forth between him and I believe a friend. The, well, I guess a friend. The friend leaked the text messages. Um, Jake Fromm says that only elite white people should own guns. And he has an explanation for that and an apology. I'm curious what this is going to sound like. We'll be back in a moment. Don't go anywhere. Now, back to the Justin Kinner Show, right here on ESPN Dayton, 1410 Wing AM. All right, everybody, welcome back. Justin Kinner, former Buckeye Keith Byers, Kevin Nash with you here on 1410 ESPN Radio. Uh, we, of course, dove into the Drew Brees uh, conversation regarding uh, not just his initial statements that sparked uh, the reaction, but his apology after. Um, and now there are new sets of comments that have been made that, uh, again, all are bad, but this one just goes to the extreme. Jake Fromm, former Georgia quarterback, drafted by the Bills. Uh, some old text messages have made the rounds on social media. Um, and in those texts, yeah, you know, even in a joking form, he says that only elite white people should own guns. And, of course, that has made, you know, circulated around. It's made its rounds. Everyone is jumping all over it. And, of course, my favorite part of all of this is always the, the, the public apology or the public statement after all is said and done. Now, Keith, I don't know about you, but... If I ever said like only only elite white people should own guns, I just I, I sometimes no apology is better than an apology because there's nothing you can say that is really going to win people over. Um, Drew Brees couldn't win people over, and I thought his message was a pretty strong message. Despite you, you know, there's always areas you could poke holes in it. I haven't read this yet. I'm about to read it out loud right now, but I can't imagine that if Drew Brees couldn't apologize his way out of what he said, I can't imagine what he's Jake Fromm's <laughs> going to say to get out of this. Jake Fromm says, I am extremely sorry that I chose to use the words elite white people. Keith, let me ask you something. If I said, uh, I think only elite white people should own guns. Oh, hold on. I shouldn't word it that way. I meant to say... Fill in the blank. What, what can you fill in the blank that would be acceptable there? I'm just curious. Like, I don't understand. So he says, I'm extremely sorry that I chose to use the words elite white people in a text message conversation, although I never meant to imply that I am an elite white person. As stated later in the conversation, there's no excuse for the word choice. So he's sorry that he alluded to himself as an elite white person. That's basically how I... So he still hasn't re re apologized for the elite white people that we mentioned earlier. While it was poor, my heart is not... Now more than you're about to be poor, you're about to get released, dummy. Uh, <laughs> while it was poor, my heart is not. Uh, now more than ever is the time for support and togetherness, and I stand against racism 100%. See, like, this is why I get why people are always like, oh, you got to say He's something. emotionally bankrupt. Stop talking. Just stop talking. Like, I get it's a double-edged sword, Keith, because we keep hearing, all right, and I'm not really using him too much of an example here, but sometimes you just got to stop talking. White people, you need to speak up. You need to say something. As we're seeing... White people, shut up. <laughs> Fangio, shut up. Drew Brees, shut up. Jake Fromm, I, I'm putting him in a separate category because there's dumb and then there's just straight racist, and that's racist. That, I mean, I, well, I, I, mean I kind of agree with you, but I don't want him to shut up to so much. Yeah, you didn't expose yourself. Jalen Rose said he's enjoying listening to the white people talk because they are exposing themselves. Yes. Um, yes. But, yeah. Talk. So, <laughs> you know, let them bones fall out of your mouth. <laughs> they got all kinds of skeletons in there. Let them talk. <laughs> you know, because that's how it should be. 
you know, I want to know how you really feel. Because until you tell me how you really feel, we can't begin to change. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why if we go to the doctor and he wants to give us an x-ray, no, 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 no x-rays. Why not? Uh, you may find something that you may need to work on. <laughs> you know, I need to dial. I need the x-ray. Then give me an MRI. Go a little deeper. We didn't get enough on an x-ray. We got to let me get an MRI. So that's what we need. We need an MRI to get this racism completely out. To, to, to begin to even start, to, you know, where does it begin? Well, I said, it starts with you. Start with the person you see in the mirror. <laughs> you know, and I, it, it, it's everybody. You know, that, that when I say racism, it automatically means, you, you know, white. But if you're black and racist, that you know, that can happen too. <laughs> but doesn't doesn't matter. It starts with everybody who has racism in them. Let's get this out. And beginning of and don't when you you've been accused of racism, so I think you're racist. Don't come back and say, "Well, I got a black friend." That's even deeper. You still don't get it. Then you start talking about you know how many black friends I got. It's even worse. You can count them. <laughs> don't do that. Well, it's like Kev the other day. We're talking about this. Father-in-law is a retired police officer. Yeah, he started talking about all the police officers. You know, I said you're doing the you're doing the version. Oh, my best friend's black, so I can say anything I say after this is justifiable. You know what? You can tell like the money difference. You know, Drew Brees had help writing that statement, and you can tell. From wrote, <laughs> wrote that himself. I mean, it's as simple as this for Jake Fromm. He could have just been perfectly honest. Like, you know, it was a dumb joke I was making with a friend and kind of left it at that. But, like, when you start to, like you said, we keep talking, you're just sounding more and more stupid, more and more words you use. <laughs> like, it was a dumb joke I was using with a friend. It's unacceptable. I'm sorry. That's it. Yeah, like I said, folks, he said that only elite white people should own guns. This is how he opens his statement. I am extremely sorry that I chose to use the words elite white people in a text message conversation. Uh, again, I bet you he think that sounds smart. Mm-hmm. That doesn't sound smart. That sounds worse. Because usually when people say that, it's as if they're like, I, I shouldn't have used the phrase elite white people. I, I just <laughs> I just meant, you know, regular white people should be the only ones owning guns. I mean, I, I don't know what he is. Like, you're right, Kev. Uh, a, you know, so a PR department helped Drew Brees with his. Possibly, no one helped him. Nobody. With uh, it does go on to say that Fromm said he addressed his behavior with his teammates and coaches in a team meeting on Thursday. Uh, again, the former fifth round draft pick for the Bills. Uh, you know, this past draft, and, and he don't have the built up equity that Drew Brees has. Let's keep it real. Like Drew Brees is a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's helped make a lot of people a lot of money. Help won a Super Bowl. And they helped him make a lot of money, yeah, too. Yeah, help him make a lot of money. <laughs> Real quick. So I, he, oh, he, he, he has built up equity, like, as mad as people can be at him. They're, they're definitely fans. And some people on his team, like, well, you know what? I ain't got to like him, but he can throw that ball. No, but uh, I mean, no, but it, but it has to go both ways. I know it's a totally different. People still have a problem with OJ. He won a Heisman Trophy. So that don't give him a pass. <laughs> you know, you're still going to catch the backlash. You know, from this, you know, so that's, you know, that that doesn't get you a, you know, a get out of pass, you know, a pass. But like uh, what Jake Fromm was saying, he didn't mean to say elite, but you did mean to say all black people, all Hispanic people, all others don't have guns, period. There's nothing in Jake's mindset from what his, his, his tweet says that he's okay with anybody 
else having guns. It's just he wants to start with elite, but he shouldn't have said elite white people. But uh, uh, so that must means just all white people. Yeah, he tried. To he never once said anything about black people. He never said anything <laughs> about Hispanic. Never about Indian. None, none of that. None of them should ever have a gun. Yeah, he he's trying to sound. You're right. He's just trying to. Kev, don't worry. Listen, the phone lines are ringing off the hook. When we answer, we can't hear you. You can hear us. Tweeters, we're but it's driving. It's hard to drive and tweet. Maybe if we go straight on air, you want to try that? Yeah, why not? Let's give it a shot. Caller, what's <laughs> up? Can you hear us? Nope. They can hear us, but we can't. They can hear, hear us. We can't hear them. So, folks, that was a good question, by the way. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I believe Caller, you had a good question. We really love. We, we like that point you just made. But again, like you know, I'm extremely sorry that I chose to use the words "elite white." You sh- so if you take a lead out, you're still saying only white people should own guns. <laughs> and oh, it is yeah. what it is. Oh, we got something. We're, we're, we're cooking with, with, with something here. Who we got? We got Jerry. Uh, I think yeah, it was Jerry. Yeah, two? Okay. Jerry, what's up, man? Thank you. Oh. Jerry, we thought That's we had so something close. there. We were Jerry, you there? You there? Yeah. Hey, holy smokes, we got something. All right, what's up, man? Hey, man, I was listening to you guys talk about Jake Fromm. And just a comment. First of all, the, the the last people on earth I'd want to see having firearms when no one else did as elite white people. Those a lot of those people were freaking crazy. But beyond that point, I don't see how in this day and age you can. Ha- I, I know people do. It's frustrating, but man, we just got to get to the point where we all see each other without color. Man, I don't know how we get there, but it's just frustrating. Can you help me out? Can you help me? I'm trying to figure out what and who who is elite when he says that. I mean, we we took a couple stabs. Out. I don't think we hit it. What would be his definition? Uh, or guessing with his definition, who was he talking about when he says elite white I, people? You know, I don't really know, and I hate to try and get into the mind of such a just a crazy statement. Um, but I do think you're right that. You know, I don't think it's a mistake that the words elite and the word white were in the same description, right? Um, whether that was conscious on his part or not, um, you know, he did put the two, he did put the two words together. <laughs> right. So, um, I can't hear you. You probably can hear me. Oh, I can hear someone in the back. Yeah, sorry, Jerry. We're, it's, we're, the phones are all messed up, man. Oh, I but, got you, man. But, but so Jerry, that was just my comment. I, I, I didn't mean to be flip about it, but in, in all seriousness, I mean, um, the notion that anybody should be denied any constitutional right because of their color, of their skin, is just crazy. So, Jerry, we, appre- we appreciate the comment. Thank you. Thank you. Later. All right. Uh, we're... Again, we will let you know for sure when the we're gonna give it one more yeah. shot. We th- we got some there. No, nope. folks, we apologize again. We're trying to get that fixed. We'll let you know. But uh, again, it's gonna be interesting moving forward. The statement from Jake Fromm. It's interesting. You, you talked about. I think it was you, Kev, that said Drew Brees. You know, he had built up. Uh, you know, his career. Yeah. I, I think that's why his comments yesterday that weren't so aggressive drew out a 10 times more emotional reaction because you know the clout that he has within the league and mainly because a lot of people looked at him as a guy that again not a lot of big name white athletes out there but he's one that does pack a punch with his words and the one time that he does speak out it's in a way that is bringing attention to it in the opposite way uh, that it should be at this point so it's unfortunate but that's where we're at with this Jake Fromm is he a bill is he pl- is he on a roster when the season starts 
Wayne game? Uh, possibly. I mean, I don't think this is a fireball offense if you're the Buffalo Bills right now. He's young and well, he's young and dumb. <laughs> you know, to make that that's I think it would be a football decision if he's not on Buffalo. It would be a football decision. I mean, I guess there is a reason why he's not a first round pick or a second round pick. So, and they don't necessarily need him. To, to you know, they they pretty good with Josh Allen. He carried him to the playoffs last year. So. Buffalo Bills' success is not predicated on Jake Fromm making a 53-man roster right at this point. All right, Keith, thank you um, for taking time off the green today to come in. And Certainly. I don't know if that's what you were doing or not, but that's where I would be if I didn't have anything to do today, so there you go. Uh, but College Football Hall of Famer Keith Byers, good enough to hang out with us today. Tune into the Keith Byers Show mo- Mondays from noon to 1. The Keith Byers Show presented by Lee's Famous uh, Recipe Chicken. We're going to work on getting the phones fixed. Uh, we're going to chat with Wright State Athletic Director Bob Grant coming up. Kevin, I would, just don't worry about him for right now. We'll get it fixed in a bit. Wright State Athletic Director Bob Grant, uh, we're going to talk with him here in a few moments. We got a lot of questions yesterday after Wright State had cut three of their sport programs to fall below the D1 minimum. Um, and, and again, they go from 14 sports uh, fourteen sports to 11 uh, and are technically no longer eligible to be a D1 program. Obviously, have applied for a waiver. A lot of schools in similar situations due to the budget cuts because of the coronavirus what happens if that waiver is not approved what you know how quickly are you considered a d2 team what happens next what's the likelihood that they are granted the waiver we're going to talk about that with bob grant coming up next don't go anywhere